It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw had by some measures his worst start in about five years, and the Dodgers bats forgot they were playing in Coors Field. We'll talk about Kershaw's struggles, a theory on maybe why the Dodgers might be struggling in some surprising situations this year, and some more thoughts about the lineup. So let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. This is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, the show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, you can subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you'll never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time listening or watching, my name is Jeff Snyder. My usual co-host is Vince Semperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box at the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Hey, Dodger fans, you're going to love this. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. So as I mentioned in the opening, uh, the Dodgers lost to the Rockies again. This time it was 7-4. to four. They had three solo homers, and that was about it. Were they all solo? I'm uh, pretty sure they were all. Yeah, because they, uh, that's right. They they manufactured a run in the first inning and then three solo homers uh, to pull within seven to four. But basically, it wasn't even that close. It was uh, after the the second inning, the Dodgers never were within two runs. It was a, it was a bummer of a game. It was dumb. Uh, I think it was a fast one again, fast-ish anyway. Yeah, two hours and 45 minutes, so... You know, Vince and I mentioned yesterday, uh, I, I had a tweet last year. I said, look, Dodgers, you can lose or you can play for four hours, but not both. Uh, and so at least the Dodgers have done us the favor of losing quickly the last two days. But I'll be honest, as a Dodger fan, I would rather have them do me the favor of winning a freaking ball game. Uh, it was frustrating. Clayton Kershaw, you guys know how I feel about Clayton Kershaw. He's my favorite player. I, I love Clayton Kershaw. He was bad today. Uh, Tuesday. I'm going to say today. I'm recording this Tuesday night. Um, he was bad. He struggled really, really badly. Didn't have command of pretty much anything. He walked, I think, four guys, which was uh, more than he only had seven walks on the season coming into the day. He went four innings, four walks, four strikeouts, and nine hits allowed. So 13 base runners in four innings. Charlie Blackman uh, <laughs> just first pitch hits every time he was up against him. Gave up a couple home runs, a blast to Diaz, the, the Rockies catcher. It was it was an ugly game. I've said before, I don't know what to think of Coors Field. I don't know whether to think, oh, this was a Coors game, because the fact is Kershaw has had some clunkers at Coors Field. Uh, opening day of 2021, yeah, he, he threw a clunker. There was a, I mean, over the years, there's probably, you know, a couple handfuls of games at Coors Field that you look at the stats and say, well, oh, that's not very Kershaw-like. And so, yeah, Coors Field, it, it's a joke. It's a ridiculous place to play baseball. 
Uh, they had to make the stadium, the field so big to make up for the fact that there's hardly any oxygen up there. You've got the oxygen issue for the players. And so everybody coming into town is having trouble breathing. I, you know, it's, it's not really excuses. Every team, every baseball fan, except Rockies fans probably agrees. Eh, they probably shouldn't have put a team in Colorado. Uh, when they talk about expanding to Mexico, putting a team in Mexico city, it's like, uh, you know, you know, that elevation, it's about the same as Colorado, right? Uh, hope they rethink that and pick a, a different city in Mexico. If they do expand into Mexico, uh, I, I think it's, it's uh, kind of ridiculous that they play baseball in Colorado. Then the, the field, they talked about this on the, on the game, the field is angled slightly weirdly. And so you can't see the ball if you're the first baseman for the first few innings of a game. And I've been over there. I've sat on that first base side of a game and I, I've had that sudden right in my face. I'm like, holy crap. Why would they not, you know, put something up right there, put, put up, you know, something. It, it's crazy that they haven't figured that out. Obviously the ideal situation would have been them for the, for them to be aware of that when they were building the stadium and maybe angle it a couple degrees. They didn't do that, but they could probably put something up in left field to, you know, they don't want to diminish the view. I don't know. There's so many things about Coors Field that are ridiculous. And so maybe that's all this was with Clayton Kershaw. It might have just been a Coors Field game. One thing we know about Kershaw is, you know, last year he actually had a few clunkers. Overall, Kershaw's year last year, it was bad by his standards. Uh, he had a 355 ERA, but by like regular people's standards, that's a, that's a pretty good year, especially for a guy, you know, with diminished stuff like we talked about with Kershaw. Uh, and he had, you know, opening day, there was that, that Coors Field game, five and two-thirds innings, six runs, five earned. Uh, you know, he didn't walk it, only walked one guy that game, so that was different. Uh, then he had a the, the game at Wrigley, the first game of that doubleheader, where he allowed four runs in one inning. Uh, a couple weeks later, he gave up five runs and six innings to the Marlins. A couple weeks after that, five runs and six innings to the Giants. His very next start, five runs and six, six innings to the Braves. So there were some clunkers there, and he still overall had a good, solid year. Whereas frustrating this game is Kershaw came into this game with a two ERA, and I just, maybe I learned my lesson. Yesterday's episode, I made my case that Kershaw should start the All-Star game, not necessarily based on performance, but that his performance wasn't, uh, it, it was close enough to in line that, you know, make it a career achievement award, let him start the All-Star game finally in his home stadium. Uh, and maybe, maybe I, I jinxed him or something, but you know, I mentioned on that episode, his small sample size that he, because of the injury, he hasn't pitched a ton. And that's what we saw in this game that when you, one of the downsides of not having pitched very much, you know, usually this is in April and early May where it's the, the sample size is so small that one bad game game can really inflate things. Well, Clayton Kershaw had an ERA of two coming into the game. He now has an ERA of 294. He basically allowed uh, three games worth 27 innings worth of runs in this four inning stint against the Rockies. That's going to inflate your ERA real quick. 294 is still solid. And Kershaw rarely has bad games back to back. He had, you know, those two against the Giants and Braves last year, uh, May 30th and June 5th, where he allowed five runs and six innings each time. Other than that, it's, you know, Clayton Kershaw usually bounces back. He had, if you remember, he actually had a terrible game in the year that he won the MVP award in 2014, remember he, he pitched in Australia and then uh, he, he hurt his back on the flight back from Australia. He missed some time, didn't pitch again. So that was March 22nd. He didn't pitch again until May 6th. And in his third start uh, after coming off the injured list, he pitched in Arizona, 
one and two thirds innings, seven earned runs allowed to bump his ERA from 174 to 443. Well, guess what? His ERA ended that year at 177. For after that game, after that seven run game against the Diamondbacks, for the rest of the year, Kershaw in 176 innings had a 143 ERA. Now, this Clayton Kershaw is not the same, doesn't have the same stuff as that Clayton Kershaw, but it's the same competitor. And so Kershaw, you know, whether it was a Coors game or whatever, his next game is going to be at Dodger Stadium. It's going to be against the Padres, and he's going to come into it fired up. He's going to be ready. He's going to, you know, one thing we know about Kershaw is he works hard. So whatever needs to be worked on from today's game, he's going to work on that over the next few days, and he's going to be ready against the Padres. And if I was a betting man, uh, Bet Online is not a sponsor today, I don't think, and so it's okay for me to say I'm not really a betting man today. Uh, if I were, I'd put money on Clayton Kershaw being good next time out because back-to-back bad Kershaw games don't happen often, and I really hope we can look back and say, oh, that was just a course game. That's my hope because, uh, you know, for a lot of reasons, uh, my feelings about Kershaw and my feelings about the Dodgers. Luckily, the Padres blew a 6 nothing lead tonight. Uh, they were up 6 to nothing, and uh, the D-backs scored uh, 2 in the 8th, 4 in the ninth or vice versa. Uh, Oh no, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Anyway, they scored seven runs in the seventh through ninth innings to win the game seven to six on a walk-off error by Eric Hosmer, which is always fun. Uh, So Dodgers remain one and a half games up going into the series finale with the Rockies. Hopefully the Dodgers can salvage something and maybe even make a statement and remind the Rockies, hey, this is who we are because they're going to play the Rockies 13 more times after tomorrow, today, Wednesday, whatever you want to call it. And so uh, hopefully they remind the Rockies who's in charge. Uh, So I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about some theories about why uh, they might struggle in certain situations. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every day. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. I would like to tell you about the Sports Card Investor app. It's an app you can get on your phone. And basically it is what the name says. It is an app for sports card investors. If you, whether you're a casual card collector or you're looking for exciting alternative investment opportunities, this app has something for you. I have so many baseball cards. My wife, like it's a running joke. My office, it, it looks nice. There's all these bobbleheads behind me. If you're watching on YouTube, it looks relatively organized over my left shoulder. I'll tell that when I'm not uh, reading an ad. I'll tell you about over my left shoulder in a minute. But what you can't see is, uh, I don't know, over 100,000 baseball cards from the last 10 years. And uh, I'd like to sell some of them because uh, I could use the money. And I've been using this app. A couple, I opened up a box of 1989 Fleer recently. And a couple fun cards are there. If you watch on YouTube, you can see them. There's a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. It's not the most famous Griffey rookie. That's the upper deck. But this is one of the most famous cards in history. This is the Bill Ripken uh, FF error card from 89 Fleer, where there's naughty words written on the knob of his bat. You know, you could pull up the Sports Card Investor app and say, well, what are these going for? Because, you know what, the Bill Ripken one, and you can even see, oh, well, what's it going for raw? What's it going for graded? Is it worth me sending this into PSA to get it graded? Will it be a good return on my investment? All those questions that you might be asking yourself, or you don't even know the questions to ask, the Sports Card Investor app can help you out with that. So download the Sports Card Investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. I'm back. Uh, I will. Uh, now I'll tell you about over my shoulder that I teased in the ad. Uh, if you're an Eagle Eye viewer watching on YouTube, you may notice that here over my left shoulder, it looks a little different than it has the last month or month and a half, maybe two whole months. Uh, we did a giveaway on the Locked On Dodgers Twitter account for to give away three bobbleheads. Well, those three bobbleheads have been sitting right there. I, it's hard to point when you're uh, my camera is reversed. They've been sitting right there for the last three months. If you go watch a previous episode, you'll see three bobbleheads. You can't see what they are because they're kind of on their sides. So just see the bottom of the boxes. Well, if you're one of the people who's been expecting one of those bobbleheads, I have good news for you. If you are uh, Carlos Martinez, Silas Semayoa, or Luca Flores, guess what? I finally mailed your bobbleheads. So we'll probably do another bobblehead giveaway soon. So uh, I've got a ton of bobbleheads, obviously the ones on my wall behind me but I've got a bunch in boxes that haven't even uh, gone anywhere yet. I've got some of the Gil Hodges ones from just this year to give away, uh, several more to give away. So we're going to be doing that. So, so be sure to follow us on Twitter if you're not already, because that's where we do most of that. Uh, and, you know, I do a lot of personal good bobblehead giveaways too, but I probably shouldn't promote that as much as promoting the show. So follow Locked on Dodgers on, on Twitter, and we'll be doing some giveaways soon. With that said, I've got a little theory. And it's, I don't have any idea if it's right. And I don't even know how to test it, but the Dodgers struggling at Coors Field and the Dodgers struggling in extra innings. I have a theory on, I I think those two might be connected. And here's, here's the thing. The Dodgers are a very good baseball team comprised of very good baseball players uh, designed to play baseball. And I believe that, the further you get from real baseball, the more that puts a team like the Dodgers at a disadvantage because the Dodgers were designed to play good baseball. And uh, not the other teams aren't designed to play good baseball, but when you're slapping together, when you have a dude, you know, I, I'm not going to name names, but the Rockies have some guys that you're like, oh, that dude's still in the league. Wait, I've never even heard that name before. I don't even know how to pronounce that name. You know, and those guys... Yeah, they, they're going to come out there and they they kind of they have as good a chance at winning a game of pool as they do at winning a game of baseball. But when you're playing at Coors Field, it's it's kind of removed from real baseball. And so you have a team that comes in and, you know, uh, works the count and they they work the pitcher. And, you know, if that if the pitcher's throwing strikes, OK, then we'll just we'll hit the ball hard. But, you know, the. Coors Field does weird things. It's a huge field, and so sometimes you'll fly out to the warning track. Uh, sometimes if you're a line drive team, you're not designed as much to take advantage of the high altitude. You know, there's just so many things, and this is why I don't really know how to test this theory because it could be any one of 100 things, but I feel like, you know, the Dodgers going up against the Braves, a good team, uh, at a real baseball stadium, the Dodgers showed up, and they were tough games. That the Dodgers didn't hit the cover off the ball, but they pitched well. It was tough, hard-fought baseball games. One of the reasons I hated Game 5 of the 2017 World Series, even before I found out 
that the Astros were cheating cheaters. I hated that game even before the Dodgers lost. Even if the Dodgers had won that extra inning game, I still would have hated it because it didn't feel like baseball. And later I found out why it didn't feel like baseball, because one of the teams was cheating and knew what was coming. And that'll make a game feel like, like less like baseball. A game that's that high scoring and just like, it was just ridiculous. It didn't feel like baseball to me. I don't need every game to be one to nothing, but I, a game to feel like baseball. 17 World Series didn't feel like baseball. And that's why I don't like, like watching games at Coors Field because it doesn't feel like baseball. And then I mentioned it might be connected to the extra inning thing. Extra innings rule. Guess what? The Dodgers used to be just fine in extra innings. Back when they played real baseball in extra innings, then COVID happened. Thanks, COVID. And now we play this stupid Manfred runner thing in extra innings, and it's less like real baseball. You can have a pitcher come in and get three outs and lose a game. Because the first out is a ground ball, the second that moves the runner to the third. And the second out is a sack fly that scores the runner. And the third out's a strikeout. And, oh, guess what? You got out all three batters you faced, and you get a loss for that. Now, I believe that the extra inning rules add more randomness to the game. In fact, that's, uh, I mean, that is, it increases scoring and adds randomness. That's the design of that rule. That is a feature, not a bug, uh, as we programming nerds say. And I believe that things that add randomness to baseball benefit worse teams more than good teams because in a straight-up game, a team as talented as the Dodgers, if they play, if the Dodgers and Rockies played at a neutral site 19 times a year, the Dodgers would win 16 of those games. And But by playing at Coors Field, you're adding randomness because it's less like real baseball. Playing in extra innings, you're adding randomness because – it's not real baseball. Those things benefit worse teams because the randomness, you know, any team going up against the Dodgers, if you offered them before the game, how about instead we just flip a coin? If you call it right, you get the win. They would all take that because then they got a 50% chance of winning. Guess what? Most of the time when you're playing the Dodgers, you don't have a 50% chance of winning because the, most teams are not as good as the Dodgers. And by adding randomness, that 50-50 chance, Teams, it increases the chances. You know, if if every team has a 50% chance of winning in extra innings, that means that it's a disadvantage to a team like the Dodgers that normally has a 60% chance of winning. Does that make sense? It makes sense in my head. I don't know if I explained it very well, but basically what I'm saying is anything that adds randomness by getting farther away from what the Dodgers built their team to do, which is play baseball, benefits the other teams that aren't as good at baseball. And like... Uh, I'm a I'm a Dodgers podcaster. That might just be seeing three things through Dodger colored glasses. Uh, I have been known to do that sometimes, but it makes sense in my head. And uh, you know, but you know, I'm the first to admit when I might be affected by bias, and this might be a case of me being affected by bias. Uh, I, I get accused of being affected by bias sometimes when really I'm just being logical. I would be uh, mad even if it had been the Dodgers that cheated to win a world series, it would have broken my heart. Uh, it's not because the Dodgers lost. It's more, it affects me more personally because the Dodgers lost. I cried in front of strangers at Dodger stadium after game seven of that world series. Yeah. It affected me personally, but even if it had been the Astros beating the, I don't know who else I heard the Dodgers beat in 20. I don't remember nationals, Cubs, somebody Astros beating one of those teams. I would still be just as mad as the, at the Astros for, because I love baseball. You know, and it's this, kind of the same thing. Like, 
I, I don't know if I'm biased here, but I think the Dodgers are a good baseball team that is struggling with some randomness right now. That's what I'm saying. So I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about the lineup a little bit. This lineup that the Dodgers rolled out on Tuesday. Let's just say it wasn't my favorite. Uh, we'll talk about some of the reasons for it and, uh, you know, why they do what they have to do and whether they have to do it and all of that. So thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every day. And please continue to keep it locked on Dodgers. I want to talk to you about BlueNile.com. I really enjoy buying my wife jewelry. I am also really bad at it. But uh, I, honestly, most of the time that my wife, I want to buy my wife jewelry, I just take my wife to the jewelry store and say, hey, let's go pick something out. Or I'll take my daughter and say, what do you think mom would like? Uh, but now, that and both of those things, they ruin surprises. But BlueNile.com, you can ask their experts. They have experts available 24-7 via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So if you're as bad as I am at picking out jewelry, whether it's, you know, you're planning on proposing soon, need a an engagement ring, you want a wedding band, or you are in a relationship, don't need that stuff, but you want to buy some jewelry for that special someone. Whatever the reason, you should absolutely buy jewelry. Uh, they love the jewelry and BlueNile.com can help you pick the right thing. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. And once you're done buying rings, go buy some auto parts if you need auto parts. But do not go to the auto parts store. Go to the internet. We're always everything's on a website, including auto parts. And that website is rockauto.com. Uh, you've heard me talk about them before. You'll hear me talk about them again. One time I saved over a thousand dollars on new struts for my suburban over what the dealership wanted me to pay. Another time I needed a new interior door handle for my Ford Fusion. I bought one on rockauto.com for $8.16. I looked online, it would have cost me $49.99 if I had gone, on, gone down to the auto parts store. So I don't know if you'll save a thousand bucks. I don't even know if you'll save $48.83, but you will save money because everything's going to be cheaper and they're going to have everything you need. So all you got to do is go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And then write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box? So they will know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, I'm here for one last segment. Uh, the lineup, the Dodgers lineup on Tuesday against the Rockies was not ideal. Uh, Cody Bellinger had the day off. He's struggled against lefties this year. Kyle Freeland was on the mound. Uh, don't know for sure if it was a lefty thing or just a day off for Bellinger. It's tough to say. Um and it's not like Bellinger has been hitting the cover off the ball or even anything close to it. Uh, but, you know, defensively it's a hit. And, you know, the the replacement options. And then Will Smith had the day off. Will Smith hasn't had an actual full day off in a long time. Even when he's not catching, he's playing DH. Well, this game on Tuesday, he didn't do either. He had the full day off. Even when there are opportunities to pinch hit, he didn't come up to pinch hit. Austin Barnes, uh, you know, batted in the ninth inning when they could have very easily pinch hit for him, uh, knowing worst case scenario, we 
tie it up or take the lead, and Will Smith has to catch the bottom of the ninth. Uh, but they were down by four runs at that point. Still didn't, you know, it, it seemed like it was we're giving Will Smith the whole day off and we're giving Cody Bellinger the whole day off because Eddie Alvarez and Jake Lamb both pinch hit. Oh, by the way, Jake Lamb got called up. Uh, Zach McKinstry got put on the injured list. Jake Lamb finally got called up by the Dodgers. I didn't see what the corresponding 40-man roster move was. They might have had an open spot. Uh, I don't know, but they they didn't. Uh, maybe when they DFA'd Stefan Romero, uh, maybe that was the, maybe they had an open spot. Anyway, Jake Lamb got called up. He got one at bat. He struck out. But I, I'm still excited to see what he can do. Uh, he's hit really well in AAA, and he did make some swing changes. So hopefully that'll work. Uh, but, you know, those two guys had the day off. So any, anyway, with Mookie Hurt, we ended up with a lineup that included Austin Barnes, Trace Thompson, Hanser Alberto, all three of them. Uh, and it's hard to – I won't say it's hard to win like that. They're still – they're major league hitters. Alberto hit a home run. Uh, I think Thompson had one base hit. Uh, Barnsey, Barnsey didn't, he looked bad. Like I know Barnes has had a couple big homers this year. <sighs> and I guess I, I know he pitchers like pitching to him. I don't know. In my perfect world, Will Smith would catch every game. I get that catchers can't do that. And so having a guy like Barnes who at least he's a good catcher, uh, pitchers like pitching to him. I guess that's good. I don't know. I have a hard time with Barnes in the lineup and You've got that line. So here was the lineup. Trey Turner, obviously, he's a very good hitter. He was 0 for 4 until he hit a home run, uh, ended up meaningless home run in the top of the ninth. Freddie Freeman went 2 for 5, looked pretty good. Justin Turner batting third with all his struggles this year, and he he made it look smart in the first inning. He had an RBI single, would have been a double with anybody else instead with JT. It was a guy getting thrown out at second, trying to get a double on a ball off the wall in left field. then at cleanup, you had Chris Taylor, uh, who didn't get a hit. Max Muncy batting fifth. He went two for four with a double and a home run. Looked good. And, you know, we've had a couple false starts. There was a game against the White Sox. There was a game against the, the Reds. And he has gone into big funks after each of those games. Well, two hits against the Rockies. Starting to look better. Maybe he can carry that over and continue going. His batting average is up to 167 now. So, uh, yeah. And then you had Hanser Alberto, Trace Thompson, Gavin Lux, and Austin Barnes. It seems like it would have been a perfect opportunity to move Lux up in the lineup when you've got these other guys who aren't going to be on the roster in a couple of weeks. You know, Trace Thompson and, and Hanser Alberto. I, I wouldn't be surprised if both of those guys are off the roster in by the trade deadline. Uh, and, you know, move Lux up. But they actually talked about this during the game. Dave Roberts, you know, have you considered – uh, moving him up. And Joe Davis said, Roberts has basically said they don't want to mess with a good thing. They like where he's at. And, and we've talked about that. And I, I don't disagree with that. I get it, but it's hard. It, it's, it's one of those games where you go into it thinking, how are they planning on winning with this lineup? And the answer is it's Coors Field. They are major league hitters. Anything can happen. I remember a game I went to in, I think 2019 against the Mets and people were talking before the game, like, oh, they're just punting this game. Then the Dodgers scored like 10 runs that night. And, and Austin Barnes had a home run that game. Uh, I don't remember the specifics, but I remember before the game, people complaining about the lineup. And after the game, not many peeps have complained. But oh, I am looking forward to getting Mookie Betts back. I am hoping that Max Muncy starts hitting. I hope that Justin Turner starts hitting. I hope Cody Bellinger gets some things figured out because this lineup should be relentless it should be deep and it should be scary one through nine and it hasn't been 
lately, partly because of guys who are being forced to play and partly because some of the guys who are they're playing by choice haven't been very good. I want to stress, I understand. I know Will Smith needs an actual day off once in a while. I get it. I hate it, but I get it. And so if this can help Will Smith be rested and strong for the whole season, great. I get it. Um, and what Dave Roberts likes to call a spa day where, you know what, show up to the stadium, don't even put your cleats on, don't even stretch before the game, just you are just here as a spectator. I think there is value in that. And so hopefully, you know, hopefully Smith and Bellinger both come out in Wednesday's game and just say, man, that day off was good. Let's score some runs and, you know, come out firing. Hopefully Max Muncy keeps it up. You know, I understand why they have to do what they're doing. I don't think Dave Roberts messed up with this lineup. I just hated it. If that makes sense, that necessary evil. I know there wasn't anything else he could really do. You got to do that kind of thing. I just don't like it and I don't have to like it and you don't have to like it. Um, Yeah. Anyway, that's about it for today. You know, it, it's been an ugly two games. They have one more game left. Uh, what time is the game on Wednesday? I haven't even looked. Nope, not a getaway game, just a regular uh, 5.40 Pacific time, 6.40 local time mountain, which is where I am and where the Dodgers are, uh, different states, but same time zone. So they'll finish up against the Rockies and hopefully salvage the series and head into the series with the Padres with a little bit of momentum. Hopefully the D-backs can keep uh, beating the Padres. That's uh, that's great news for us. It would be nice if the Dodgers could go into that series with a two-and-a-half game lead and uh, and then you know win that series. And they just got to get going. And one more game at Coors, and then they'll only have one more series left at Coors this year, and then we can focus on playing real baseball the rest of the time. So – that's going to do it for me. Thank you all for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every day. It really does mean the world to us to know that you guys are listening. We love hearing from you. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Uh, if you're not watching or listening to Locked on Dodgers every day, we would love if you add one or two days a month to your rotation. If you have friends or family who love the Dodgers as much as you do, please tell them about the show. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. And the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number for voicemails or texts is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.